Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I invite you to be seated, but don't leave this spirit of worship and atmosphere. There is something that I believe is getting ready to happen. It's, it's, we're in the, the early stages of it in this service, but there is, I have been praying this week, and I believe God is wanting to do it. He's going to give us an outpouring of his spirit in this house in a mighty dynamic way. I believe that Jesus likes to give us things. And uh, if you don't believe that, you just haven't read the word yet. But he likes to give us things. There's the, my favorite time of year as a child was Christmas. Because I just knew on Christmas morning there was going to be something there for me. And I couldn't wait to figure out what it was. Just something that, uh, sometimes it was something that I had asked for. Sometimes it's whatever was going to be given to me. But whatever it was, I knew that there was a little tag on it that said, To Tim. And I believe that God has stepped into this house today. And he's filled out some name tags. And he's trying to place it on your heart that says, To so-and-so from the Lord. And it's up to you and I today to receive from him what he is trying to imprint in us, trying to input into us, trying to give us. And he is a God that is a giving God, and it's a God that wants to do blessings and, and, and ministries and anointings and give us the opportunity that you and I have to reach into the depths of what God has and pull out a blessing. And so I want to preach Today, it's for you. It's for you. I'm reading from Acts chapter 2. I haven't preached on this in quite some time, but I felt the Lord leading me this week to share this with you. We talked about the anointing last week. But Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 says this. I'm reading from the ESV. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. We're all in one place. I know it's not the day of Pentecost, but we're at least in one place. And when we're gathered in one place, where two or three, the Bible says, Jesus said, I'll be right there in the midst of them, which means that as we're together in this one place, Jesus has been moving. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Have you heard the mighty rushing wind in the house this morning? When we began to lift our voices and when the song began to play, you could sense the moving of his spirit. You could, if you had spiritual ears open, you would hear the of the presence of God. And divided tongues, like as a fire, appeared to them 
and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's for you. It's for you today. It's for you. To, somebody say, it's for me. And when the Jews that were around that area heard them speaking in those tongues. Now let me just stop and say this. I know in the religious world, tongue talkers are seen to be ridiculed. What I want to ask these religious know-it-alls is, do you listen to the Apostle Paul? And they'll, yeah, yeah, all the epistles. And he said this, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Tongue talking isn't a mysterious thing. Tongue talking isn't a weird thing. Tongue talk, if tongue talking is a weird thing, that means Spanish is weird. Because speaking in Spanish, I don't get. I don't understand. I don't comprehend. German is weird. Chinese is weird. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's only weird because it's different than what we're used to. But God is different than what we're used to. And he uses the speaking in tongues as a sign to you and to unbelievers that it's God doing it. I'll get back to that. But these Jews had listened to what happened in the first four verses when the Spirit of God, the Bible says it filled the house, then it filled them, and they began to speak with other tongues. And these Jews that were around there said, these people are drunk. You know, yeah, we're emotional and we're a little bit weird, but we're not drunk. And so Peter gets up and says, yeah, yeah this, it's only 9 a.m. They're not drunk yet. He goes on to verse 16, he says, but this is that which was prophesied by Joel in the Old Testament. And he gives one of the best messages that was ever preached. If you read Acts chapter 2, and he gets down to verse 37, and it says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness or remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ghost and spirit are interchangeable. King James is ghost. ESV is spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Everybody say, it's for me. This gift is for you. Now, I, I want to talk about this gift a little bit. I don't know if you realize that one of the primary ministries of Jesus in the world was not to die on the cross. Oh, some of you are looking at me like I've lost my mind. 
Yes, he came to die for us. But what he was doing at Calvary was paying the price for our regeneration. But what he was getting ready to do on his own, when John would preach, he would say in Matthew 1.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus' ministry, his main point of his ministry was to give you his spirit. The Holy Spirit given to you. He said this, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. He he said, I am going to be in you, I'm going to dwell in you. Now some people have used this as you've got to have it to get to heaven. I've told you that I'm done telling you how to get to heaven. I'm just going to tell you how to get to Jesus. But here's my better question than do I need to have it? I get so tired of that question. And if you've asked that question, don't just take that for what it is. Because I'll ask you the question back. Well, if he's offering it, why don't I want it? Why wouldn't you want to receive the gift that Jesus' whole ministry was about. Why wouldn't you want to get the gift that he's got? It's like me as a boy running to the tree at Christmas and going, oh, thanks, Mom and Dad, but I don't want them. You chuckle, but that's what it is. We like to get presents. And when Jesus is offering this gift, and the word gift in Acts 2.38 there is not charis or charis. That, that, that's a different word for gift. This is the doria, is the, is the Greek word for this. And here's what it means. A gift gratuitously given. You're going to receive it. You're going to receive it. Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here's the thing that people misunderstand. People misunderstand this concept of what the Holy Ghost is all about. If you look at the book of Acts, and, and I know I'm kind of doing a little bit of a Bible study, but I believe the spirit of revelation is moving into this house, and and you're going to see something brand new that you may never have seen before, and you'll be ready to receive that gift in a a brand new manner. But in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says this. He re-quotes the meaning of his ministry in verse number 5. He says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then he goes on in verse number 8 and he says, you will receive power. Now that's not authority. Authority comes with it. But that word in the Greek is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. JJ ain't got nothing on us. All you 80s people. 
Some of you younger that don't know what I'm talking about. You shall receive dynamite when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Let me tell you, dynamite is both constructive and destructive. You destruct the stuff that needs to be fixed <laughs> and the construction, it gets the power, gets into it and rebuilds you. Listen, in a moment, some of you have come today with all kinds of problems, all kinds of situations, and your life just seems to be a wreck. Can I just tell you, in just a moment of time, the dynamite of the Spirit can hit you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet and will totally rearrange your life like that. Suddenly, it'll happen. Now, I have to tell you and dig a little bit deeper into what the gift of the Holy Ghost is. This is powerful. And some of you may have never heard this. But did you know that there are three great feasts in Israel? Now, they have seven total, but they consider three of them great. Three great feasts. It's the Feast of the Passover. It's the Feast of Pentecost. And it's the Feast of Tabernacles. They, they celebrate that. Though every year... Those three feasts are considered their great feasts. The Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. <laughs> Watch this. The Passover was designed to celebrate the death angel passing over them and bringing them life. Pretty cool, huh? The Feast of Pentecost was to celebrate the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, God giving them the tablets. And the Feast of Tabernacles is designed to celebrate the fulfillment of the covenants that God made with Israel. Now, how does that apply to us? That's a big, big deal. I'll tell you how. Because the Passover is our new birth. We pass from death to life. And the Passover was not done by man other than the fact that men spread the blood on the, the doorposts. Well, how do we spread blood on doorposts? I'll tell you, we repent. And, and, and that blood signifies death so that the death angel recognizes that the people that are on the inside of the home are already dead. He doesn't need to stop. But the people are alive on the inside, but on the outside they have become dead. And so when they step out of their homes after the death angel has passed, they are stepping into newness of life. And they are free from the penalty of the death angel passing over them. Can I tell you, Romans chapter 6, that as many of us as are baptized into Jesus, that when we come up out of the waters that like as Christ was raised from the dead, we also walk into newness of life. When we repent and are baptized, it's like we have stepped into our home and we've put the blood over the doorpost and we step in. And when we step out of the waters of baptism, we are stepping into a new life. Passover. I'm a new creature. 
the Feast of the Tabernacles hasn't really taken place yet. It's an anticipatory feast. The, 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 the covenants have not been fulfilled yet. If you've been there on Thursday night, we spent the whole night on covenants. They're going to be filled yet to come. And so the Feast of Tabernacles is, in, is, in, is done in anticipation of what's getting ready to happen when the Lord comes back again. But we have neglected the Feast of Pentecost because we have put Pentecost in a weird spot. We have tried to attach Pentecost to Passover and make our new birth experience, quote unquote, the, the Feast of Pentecost. But the Feast of Pentecost was designed to celebrate the law. But Jesus said in the New Testament, I have come to fulfill the law. And, and to fulfill the law means that he would fulfill some of the prophecies of the Old Testament that said this, I have written the law on the tables of stone, but there's coming a day when I will write them on the tablets of their heart. When Pentecost comes, when the Holy Ghost comes, what it is, it's taking all of the law of the Old Testament, wrapping it up in the Spirit, because the law can only lead to death, but the Spirit leads to life, and he plants it in us, and we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what it is, is it's God stepping into our hearts and writing his law. That's powerful. Do you understand what the Ten Commandments have done to this world? The Ten Commandments have colored. It doesn't matter whether they believe in God. It's colored what they do and what they think is right and not right all across the world. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I have come to understand and believe that there is a difference between the birth of and the baptism of the Spirit. John chapter 1, if you read about being born uh, uh, from above, which is being born again, it's not done by the will of man or the will of uh, bone or flesh, which means Jesus doesn't have, can't be the one to birth us. Only deity can birth us because Jesus was a man. But the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Jesus says, I'm the one that's, John said it, he's the one that's going to do it. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes. And here's the other thing I want you to notice, and I'm going to address this just for, I know some of this may not even apply to some of you, but some of you have a background like I do that this is all brand new to you. But you can't be born from the exterior. The only way that somebody can be born is from the inside out. So when his spirit, through baptism, if you will, when you go down and you come out and the Bible says now you're a new creature in Christ, that is a birth from the inside that's done by the spirit of God. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is poured out on you. So Jesus is walking through this house today and he's saying this, do you want the Holy Ghost? Do you want the feet filled with the Holy Ghost? And he's been walking around this place. So that's why when you come here tired and weary and worn out, drugged out and, and all kinds of mess, and you walk into the house of God, and all of a sudden you start feeling better, and something starts giving, you start having a step in your, in your walk, and you start doing all kinds of things. Well, here, what's really happening? 
and dynamite is hitting you. And the power of the Holy Ghost is starting to move in you. How do I know that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is on the exterior and not on the interior? I'll tell you why. Because nowhere in the Bible does the Holy Ghost come from the inside out. It's always poured on. I, I, let, me, let me show you, you how. Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't fill from the inside. That word fill also means to be poured. Joel prophesied, and Peter acknowledged this was that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour. God's been pouring, and he's been pouring it on all flesh. So then you read Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, there's three places in Scripture where the Holy Ghost explicitly falls. And then there's one that we can conclude. But in Acts chapter 10, the Bible says this. It says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell. It fell on them. And they began to speak with other tongues. Then in Acts chapter 19, verse number 5, Paul is talking to the disciples of John and he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Ghost. And so when he told them about it, uh, they were baptized in Jesus' name. And, and then it says, Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. Here's my prayer today. Come on us, Jesus. Fill us. Pour it on us. Fill us with dynamite. How do you know you've been filled? You speak in a different language. It's a heavenly language. It's not a man-made language. Or not shouldn't say man-made because sometimes it is another language, but it is one that you do not know. So if I knew any of the four years of French that I took and I began to speak in French, but I promise you if I speak in French today, it's the Holy Ghost because I don't know anything. <laughs> comme si, comme ça, and we. Oui. That's it. Straight A's, but that's all I know. Is that weird? No. Do we pray to speak in tongues? No. That's the problem. Too many people that experience this thing called the Holy Ghost, they're worried about speaking in tongues. It's not about the, God will take care of the tongues. You just get filled. God, if that's a gift, I want it. Oh. Here's what I believe. I believe the Apostle Peter. For upon him were given the keys to the kingdom. It's the reason why he preached the Acts 2 message. But I want you to notice what he says in verse 17. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour it out on all flesh. The sinner down the street, 
his spirit has already been poured out on him. Poured out on all flesh. It's been poured out on you already. Well, pastor, I haven't spoken in tongues. I'm getting to that. He's poured it out on everybody. But here's the problem. We don't understand what the word receive means. Evelyn, will you come and help me? You haven't helped me in a couple years. You can just stand right up here with me. She is precious. I've got the best picture drawing on my shelf from when she was about four. (laughs) But here's the thing. I want to give you a gift. Do you want that? (laughs) I need to talk to your parents about what $20 means. I want you to take that. Now, I want you to notice what just happened. That was a simple transaction, but I want you to notice what happened. I didn't force it on her. She had to reach out and take it. I could hold it here all day and say, do you want this gift here? It's yours. But until she moved that left hand to get a hold of it, it was never hers as often as I was giving it. But when she reached out and took it, that's hers. Listen, I know that that's just a simple illustration, but it's what you and I do all the time. God, give me, give me, give me. And God's going, I've been trying to give it to you. I've been trying to pour it out. I've been trying to lay it in your spirit. I've been trying to go into your heart. I've been trying to go into the rooms of your life. I've been trying to do all these kinds of things, but you haven't reached out and embraced it yet. See, here's the thing. You'll never speak in tongues if you're just trying to speak in tongues. Because the speaking in tongues is just a sign of what God is doing. It's not, the, you don't get the power in the tongue. You get the power in the spirit that speaks through you. Let me, let me try to wrap this up very quickly. Some of you have been earnestly desiring to receive this gift. Some of you have come here and you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And that's okay. Here's what I learned a long time ago. If he puts it in here, I want it in here. Call me weird, call me strange, call me whatever. I'll be called that all day long if the promises of this can come into here. I know that there are people that call us tongue talkers weird, crazy, out of our minds, a cult, a sect. We were called all kinds of things. I have declared to you today that I'll become a cult, I'll become a sect, I'll become weird, I'll become strange as long as it's this getting in here. The Feast of Pentecost in here. Whatsoever you have for me, Jesus, fill me. From the top of my head to the sole of my foot. See, here's what happens. 
here's what happens, and this is what's unfortunate. When you preach and teach that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is what makes you a new creature, it means that you're never really renewed. But the Bible says that he will fill you so that you can be a witness. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He fills you so you can give it out. He fills you so you can give it away, so you can minister to people, so that they can feel the presence of God through the way you act, through the way you talk, through the way you do things. And then because of that, he wants you to come back and say, refill me, Lord. Monday afternoon, it takes all of the dynamite that you can have in order to get through your work day because your coworkers are crazy, your boss is driving you nuts, and you just don't feel like being there. <sighs> Drain it out. God, fill me up. <sighs> I take it to myself, God. You're already pouring it. You're already giving it. You're already moving it. I just, I need to have it. Can I tell you why more people don't receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? It's because they've been satisfied with what they filled themselves with. But when you become unsatisfied with the things of this world that you have tried to fill your life with, when you recognize that it's all shallow and tasteless and it doesn't preserve anything and it doesn't keep anything, and my wife mentioned it earlier today, you're trying to have energy on your own. Let me tell you, my friend, that's not any way to live. But if you will realize that the stuff that you're trying to fill your life with is meaningless and you push it to the side and say, God, now I'm empty, come on and fill me. Well, pastor, why tongues? Why not the dance? Why not, why not sitting back and snoring? Why did you use tongues to let us know that you have filled us? Can I tell you why? Because the tongue is the only thing that you have no control over. Him speaking through you in a different language is so that you understand it's him and not you. How do I know that? Because I watched some of you last night. And you were dancing pretty good. Some of you had some rhythm, some maybe not so much. But it was you in control. It was you in control. But when Jesus starts filling, he takes control of the thing you can't control so that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it's him. I want to close with this. Well, Pastor... I've served God, I've lived for God, I've been in service left and right. I have felt his presence. I get goosebumps up and down. I, I, I sense it all. I, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up when I'm in his presence. I feel him, I sense him. But I've never spoken in tongues. Does that mean, that means he's in the process of filling you. 
I learned this last night. When I put some ice in a glass, and then I tried to pour pop in, and I poured it a little too fast. And the foam started bubbling up. And when it hit the top of the glass, there was nothing that I could do to stop it from going over. See, God starts pouring. And you feel the tingle on your back. And you feel the goosebumps. And you, you, you feel, you can even hear it. Have you ever listened to pop on ice? You hear it pop. But there comes a time when he can't fill you anymore. And when you have been filled, you will do something that you cannot even control. And that is speak in a language that you have not learned. Because James said it's the last member of your, it's the only member of your body that you cannot tame. So I've come to challenge somebody. Are you willing to get filled to overflowing? <sighs> See, if you look this up on the internet, you'll find some stories and articles that say that the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes when an elder lays hands on you. And you can walk away because an elder has laid hands and said, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what will happen? Tomorrow when you don't have any dynamite, you begin to question the elder. But if you let God do it, and you surrender everything to him and empty out, and he takes control, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he's the one that's doing it. There are people in this house I, have, I know that people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in any position, any direction, anywhere. My friend received it. My friend's dad received it driving down the street. I can only imagine what the people saw, thought as they saw him speaking in tongues driving down Hudson Boulevard North. I've had people receive it in churches. I've had people receive it loudly and quietly. I've had people receive it while they're on their knees with tears streaming down. And I've seen a man that was just very calm and cool and collected. I've seen people receive it in their homes. I've received, seen people receive it in stores and in offices. Wherever somebody gets to the point where you just say, fill me, God. And you surrender everything to me. I invite you to stand. I believe that, uh, let me just be real practical for just a second. What hinders some of us from receiving this gift is that we're afraid of sounding weird. But here's my question to you today, and I'll let you answer it for yourself. This little guy over here was making noise earlier. How many of you thought it was weird? It's the most beautiful thing to listen to these children as they begin to make some noise. It's not weird. And if you're a child of God, 
the noise you begin to make, it's not weird, it's just him. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. And the sounds that come out of it. Now, he's going to learn how to control that language eventually. As we all do. But the first time he started talking, it was, it, it, it was unintelligible. But it was a language. And can I tell you something else about that? Those two parents understood the language. Hey, when my boy started talking, no, nobody understood what they were saying, but she did. She knew We knew exactly what they wanted, even though it wasn't English. Listen, when you start talking, you don't understand, and it sounds like Babel, and it sounds like a baby. Your daddy knows what you're saying. He knows what you're praying. He knows what you're worshiping. And through the years, as you use that gift that he gives you, that language will become more fluent. It will become more useful to you. But at the beginning, it's just a sign for you to say, I am breathing a new thing into you. I am empowering you. I am filling you with the dynamite of my spirit. I am giving you something that will change your life forever. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to pray. And I know that there's at least two people that have talked to me in recent weeks that want to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm asking anybody that wants to receive it, would you just step up to this altar around If you want to receive it or it's been a long time since you've been filled, would you step up to this platform? Is the platform a place of magic? No, it's just no, so I know who I'm praying for. And them stepping out from where they were at. Jason, did the Holy Ghost change your life? Chelsea? Bradley? I remember when he told me he got it. I thought he was going to jump through Facebook. It's a life changing experience just before we pray I've got to tell you something June 16th 1980 I came up to an altar stood pretty much right where David's at here I had to take a double check because I took my glasses off where David is right here 10 year old boy I wish I was spiritual but I wasn't Can I tell you why I was there? I'll be real carnal right now. I was as jealous as all get out. Because the year before, we had gone to what was called junior camp. And I got homesick on the first day. So my mama came and picked me up. And you want to know what happened on that Thursday night of that camp that I went home from? My cousin got the Holy. And so I was bound to determine in my 10-year-old faith, God, I'm going to be the first one to get it in this camp because my cousin Dan got it last year. Sounds carnal. But I just have this feeling that God said, young boy, you actually get it. 
you're so hungry for this gift. I've got to tell you, I made my way to the altar at the close of the message. And I said, okay, God, here I am. It's my turn. I had some people gather around me and begin to pray for me. And within just a moment of time, God took over my tongue and I began to make noises I did not understand. I began to experience something I never thought I'd ever experienced before. And I was the first one. I know that sounds almost sacrilegious and carnal, but listen, every time that I've ever received a gift, it was usually at a party. We're not at a funeral service right now. We're getting ready to celebrate the giving of gifts. Listen, Jesus has already poured it out. Here's what I'm asking you to do, those of you that are standing here. We're going to surrender ourselves. We do that through repentance by saying that we're sorry, Lord, and we're committing to walking towards him and away from anything else. And then what we're going to do is transition from repentance into worship. And as the presence of God, you'll start feeling him fill you up. You're going to start feeling something, goosebumps, whatever. Tears may come up. I want you just to begin to lift your voice and whatever begins to come out, hallelujah, I love you. Jesus and then all of a sudden there's going to be a transition where God is going to give you the sign that he has baptized you with his spirit and his power and his fire and his dynamite do you believe that friend do you believe that saint of God do you believe that person of the Lord ha, let's raise our voices in repentance right now all across this congregation Lord I'm asking you to forgive me I'm asking you to wash me and cleanse me. I'm sorry, God, for my sins. I'm sorry, God, for my struggles. I'm tired of trying to do this thing on my own. I'm tired of trying to make up my own path. I'm tired of trying to do, I am turning my face towards you. I'm going to look towards you. I'm going to follow you. And because of that, Lord, I'm now going to become a worshiper. I'm going to lift up your name on high. I'm going to shout hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Now, those of you that are in the front that want to receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to reach out and take it. Raise your hands in his presence and begin to raise your voice in praise and worship. Right now, Jesus. Right now, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. In the name of Jesus, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, in your precious name right now, by the authority of your word. By the authority of your word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Lisa, just speak that out. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to make any sense to you. Go ahead. There it is, there it is, go ahead. 